Hey y'all, it's Tanaya and Mitchell here. Yo. And welcome to our podcast, The Hargate Halftime. So, um, before we get started, just wanted to take a moment to thank all of our listeners, um, our family and our friends. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, and God bless you. So, let's get started. Episode one, we're going to reflect on the first year of marriage. Hope you enjoy the show. March 29th, 2019, our wedding day. Tanaya. Yes. Three things that you remember about that day. Not to put you on the spot, but go. You did just put me on the spot, but okay. Um, <clears throat> three things that I remember about our wedding day. So the first thing is something that I always laugh about because it's really funny and I've seen the videos. So after the ceremony, um, you know, after they announced you as a married couple, we were walking away from the top of the ceremony, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And so I, my veil was cathedral style, super long. Um, and as we were walking out, I don't know if we were walking fast or it felt like we were walking fast, but my veil got caught on the chair and I like, like my head like yanked back <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, shout out to Stella and Broderick because they helped get my veil from underneath the chair because it it could have gone bad real quick, but they they caught a sister. So I will never forget that. That's something that I think about all the time is like, I can't believe that my veil actually, actually got caught on the chair. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing I remember is um, our wedding vows. So Mitchell and I, we wrote our own vows. Um, we did not share them. We didn't talk to each other about, oh, this is what we're going to say. Completely blindsided. So Mitchell said his vows first. And he started off something along the lines of, I remember um, the day that we were together after we worked at Nike and you said that everything happens for a reason and that we're, we're God places people in our lives for a reason. Y'all guess what my wedding vow said? The same thing, just different. Like along the same lines of, you know, God places people in your lives for a reason, yada, yada. And everybody in the audience was kind of like, oh, my God. Like, they were making, like, these surprising noises. And Mitchell and I kind of looked at each other like, dang, like, we really are meant to be. Because, again, we didn't know what each other were going to say for our vows. So that was like, okay, like, <laughs> we're soulmates. <laughs> and, and not to interrupt, but that shows at that point, and our friendship at the time was oh, a very, friendship. we were definitely not in a relationship. Um, <laughs> that showed that that moment in our friendship was very important to the both of us for us to remember that. Definitely. Um, and the last moment um, that I remember would have to be, um, so I was getting my makeup done before this ceremony. Um, and she was almost done with my makeup and I started crying. Like, I don't know what came over me, but like I broke down and I just knew, like I told myself like, you're going to be good today. No crying. Like it's happy, happy, like all of that. 
and it quickly changed. Like I cried for a good 15 minutes and it, it definitely had something to do with the wedding being delayed because I just had this moment and it was, I was just overwhelmed. All these feelings kind of came to a head at once. So those are my top three moments that I remember. Uh, what about you, Mr. Hargit? So it's funny you talk about the wedding being delayed. Um, I remember specifically, I'm in the groomsmen suite, you know, we doing whatever, playing music, um, kind of taking my nerves off the process. And the wedding planner comes in and says, the pastor just got here. And I'm just like, huh? So at this point, like I'm ready, like I'm getting ready. And then I was like, okay, well, if it's going to be a few more minutes, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, fam. <laughs> I walk in the bathroom and the pastor is standing there and he greets me. And I'm just like, um, okay, like, shouldn't you be getting ready? Like, you ain't got time to go to the bathroom. Like, you need to be getting ready to walk down this aisle. So that's the first thing that I remember. Part two to that, which is still number one, um, a special song was supposed to be played at the wedding that didn't get played because our DJ got confused due to the pastor being late and messing up the order of who was supposed to walk down the aisle. It was supposed to be parents. Then it was supposed to be myself, my best man, and the pastor. Then it was supposed to be the bridal party. Then it was supposed to be Tanaya and her dad. Well, being that the pastor was late, we didn't want to wait for him to get ready. So the bridal party walked down after the parents and the bridal party was supposed to walk down to Jesse Powell, you, right? Baby, it's you. We did not need you to sing that. So we, we gonna, we're going to keep going. So um, that was a song that Tanaya and I both wanted to hear. Um, but everything happens for a reason. There was a reason why it didn't get played. But every time we hear that song, we like, damn, that was supposed to be... That was supposed to be the song that was supposed to have everybody reaching for tissues. Because if you've never heard that song before, that's a really, really good song to listen to. Um, really good for weddings. Um, so that's my first one. My second one, um, Tanaya and I were not allowed to talk the day of the wedding. Um, I tried to get it to where I could text her, good morning. I could text her right before the wedding. Our parents was like, no. <laughs> no <laughs> y'all can't talk before y'all can't talk the day of the wedding i was just like okay so tonight gets down to the altar her day you know they do the who gives this woman away she gets there we're holding hands and i go hey <laughs> so that was the only thing i could say that's the first thing i thought of had not seen her all day had not spoken to her um that's probably the the only time that we've went that long without talking outside of you being out of the country, probably. Um, so it was, it was weird. Um, out of the, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one. That was four. Or was it like part, you did number one, you did like five things. That's only two. Okay. So it was like number one, then A, B, then right. number two. Wow. Okay. I, I got. Okay. Let, let me let okay. me be, let me be great. <laughs> the third one was probably not eating anything the whole day. So the day before, whenever I get nervous, this has always been back all the way to high school playing basketball. I could never eat before a big game or anything because I was constantly I was nervous. 
So the night before I went to Walmart, I was like, I'm going to get me like these uh, smoothies. I'm going to get these apples, these oranges. I'm just going to eat fruit all day. I think I had like half the smoothie. I think I had like a tangerine or something. And I don't think I ate any more until the reception, which if you all know at a reception, the bride and the groom really don't get a chance to eat because everyone's trying to greet you. Everyone's trying to say congratulations. So I didn't really eat a lot um, that day, um, which probably was not good, but my knees didn't buckle. I didn't fall. Praise praise God for that because I, I yeah, so. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't really eat either. So we uh, both kind of. I, I think that's just kind of the, people tell you to eat, but how can you eat when your stomach is in knots or just, you're just nervous um, about everything. So those are the three things that I remember, um, but beautiful day overall. If you weren't there, um, if you were there, you know the the great time that we had, and we're, we ju- we were just happy that everyone was able to share that day with us. Um, I just thought about something. So since you did, those were not three things. Those were like five. So this is something else that I remember, so I'm going to add on my extra one. So you guys, right before the like the reception, like the party got started, I caught a cramp in my foot. Like, I took off my heels, and I had, like, these little Target Birkenstock little sandal things that I was going to wear. And I tried to put them jokers on, y'all, and I caught a cramp in my worst cramp of my life. Like, I had on my wedding dress, and I was, like, hobbling around, like, I thought I was going to fall over. And so I went to the counter, the, the bar, where the bar was, and the bartender was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I got a cramp in my foot, and, like, I can't put my foot down. And y'all, the bartender made me a salt water drink. <laughs> and I, don't think I knew that. Yeah. And I chugged it and my cramp went away. So that was one moment that everybody was like, oh my God, Tanaya, are you okay? And I was like, I have a cramp. It hurts so bad. Y'all know how those foot cramps be. So. And if anyone knows Tanaya, she's dramatic. I so am. She was freaking out. And I was just like, what's wrong? So like, I got a cramp. And I was just like, oh, well, just, you know. Just sit down, rub your foot or something. So when you rubbing rubbing feet don't hurt with foot cramps. It takes way more than that. I thought you said you didn't know this, and now you. I didn't know that you had got the salt water. Oh yeah, I chugged I it. It was it was a, like a shot of salt water. It was salty too. I knew you got a cramp. Yeah, it was nasty. So we're a year in, into marriage, um, but before that, going into our being married and. Um, our dating and being engaged, I'm pretty sure we all had, both of us had some type of expectation of what marriage would be. For me, Tanaya, it was, I thought we were going to be okay. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people were like, oh, the first year of marriage is tough. Like, good luck on the first year of marriage. Good, used to get, good, good luck to getting used to living with this person and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, okay, it, it really can't be that bad. And to be honest with you, it hasn't. With that being said, do we have our, you know, our bad days or our not so great days? I'm not even gonna call them bad days. Do we have our not so great days? Of course we do. That's just with any type of relationship that you deal with. Um, but I always tell Tanaya, as long as those good days outweigh those bad days, um, we're doing, we're doing good. So, Everyone always asks me, they be like, at work, they be like, you're still married? And I'm just like, yeah, like, am, am, I, am I not supposed to be? Like, 
how's the marriage life treating you? And I'm just like, it's, it's good. So my expectations for marriage was very positive. Um, I don't know if people like older people were trying to scare me or what the case may be. Um, but I also think that every marriage is different. And um, I, I thought going into our marriage that Tanai and I knew each other very well. There would have been there. There was going to be a a difference living with each other, but I thought that we had a, we had a strong foundation that would help build on our marriage. Hmm, that's an interesting take on it. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know if I had like actual expectations. Um, that came that come to mind or that I had in my mind. Um, I think the one that does come to mind is probably cliche or whatever you want to call it. But for me, it was like, oh, I know what it is. Okay. So this was something that was talked about during our premarital counseling too. So sex, um, you know, you're not supposed to withhold sex and blah, 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 blah. Um, and that was something that I came into the marriage expecting like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna have to have sex. Like we're just gonna be having sex all the time. Like that's just what we, what it is. That's what marriage is. And I quickly realized that that was just, that's an experience that other people have or that, you know, the, like the, what the cliche is, um, we don't have sex all the time. Um, we, there are other ways to be intimate and we have those other ways that we are intimate. So, um, I think that might've been one of the expectations, maybe, oh, we're going to be in the honeymoon stage forever. Just goo goo gaga all over each other. Uh, a little, not, not nothing major, no major changes, but like I said, I, I really didn't have any unless I did. And I'm just not remembering them, but just spitting off the top of my head, those could have been things that I had thought about. Definitely. Um, sex and intimacy was something that I guess you just kind of see in movies. And it's just like, at the end of the day, like, and it, you probably shouldn't think this way, but I think we both kind of had the mentality of, well, we live together. So there's always tomorrow. Um, and I think we've kind of gotten out of that habit. Yeah. Um, not to be too discreet. Um, but that is something that I think uh, at first it was like, oh, like, okay, well, we live together. We've never lived together before to a point to where one of us has packed up our stuff and moved into another person's apartment or home. So it was just like, well, we're living together, so I'm going to see you tomorrow. Um, and I think that kind of contributed to us just kind of essentially going through the motions. Um, but, you know, it ended up working out. We're, we're still good and yeah. having fun. Um in our marriage, so doing what married people do. <laughs> I'm I'm not going there. Um, so tonight you mentioned marriage counseling. Um, I think that we had a very unique marriage counseling process. Um, one being that we didn't actually go to a therapist or a counselor. We didn't sit on a couch. Right. We didn't sit on a couch. You know, we didn't talk to one person. Um, I almost want to call it marriage mentoring. Um, we were mentored by two married couples that have been married for, I would say, at least 30 years apiece. Um, Probably, yeah. And they broke down marriage as not 
this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is what you have to do. Don't do this. Um, I think they took it from a perspective of, well, did you think about this? Or what happens when this happens? Um, have you discussed this? So it, it really, they gave us the baseline for a lot of conversations that we have now, which is really important because when those things happen, um, we're able to draw back to, oh yeah, we talked about this in marriage counseling and we're not pulling from their experience, but we're able to take the conversation that we had in marriage counseling and recreate our own experience. And I think that's very important. Um, one example that they gave us, which is something I never thought about, and they asked us, and I didn't even know the answer tonight. I don't even think you knew the answer. It was the toothpaste um, situation of do you squeeze from the top or do you squeeze from the bottom? I don't know. But they, they made a good point. If one person squeezes from the top, one person squeezes from the bottom, and you wake up in the morning in a pissy attitude, um, <laughs> and you know the toothpaste is in the way you like it, that can start an argument. So different things like that, the little things that you may not think about were things that were brought to light in our marriage mentorship. That's good. Um, I definitely think I squeeze from the bottom and then the top. Like, yeah, whatever. You squeeze from wherever, but I mean. <laughs> okay, whatever. So for me, um, I definitely agree with Mitchell. Premarital counseling was definitely something that we needed, something that we probably didn't even know we needed, um, to be honest, but we did. Um, so I'm so thankful that we were able to have that experience. And I believe you may have said it, Mitchell, but for people that don't know, our marriage counseling was very unique. As he said, we didn't sit on a couch, but also Mitchell was in Kentucky and I was in North Carolina. So 95% of our premarital counseling was done over the phone. So like they would call me, then they would conference in Mitchell and we legit would sit on the phone and talk, you know, through, you know, what marriage is supposed to look like and all these other things. Um, they broke down topics about family dynamics and blended families, um, how that works, like how you blend your spouse's family together and all of that. So like they really got to the root of a lot of things that we probably wouldn't have thought about. Um, so I definitely, you know, for anybody that's in a relationship or you're engaged or you have a wedding date or whatever the case is, we definitely recommend premarital counseling. Um, it definitely, um, brings to light a lot of things. Like I said, that if we're being honest, the little things, the little minuscule things that you probably wouldn't think of on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, living with somebody or whatever the case is. Um, so premarital counseling was it, it was lit too. We had a great time. Um, on top of that as well. We really did. And one thing I really appreciate um, is they still check up on us to this day. To this day. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. They check up on us. Um, they, they make sure that we're doing okay. So it wasn't a... a um, one and done. Not only that, it wasn't a... Um, I'm getting paid to do this. So let me, you know, give them this this textbook answer, it was, I genuinely care about these people. So I'm going to give them everything that I have. And so I, I, we really appreciate that. Um, and that actually, um, it goes a long way. And I think it's something that we'll take throughout our marriage. Definitely. Um, so with marriage counseling, 
we were able to discover our differences. Um, My whole life has changed. So she, she's singing, singing. Since you came in. Um, That's differences by genuine, if any of y'all don't know, which all y'all should. So she dropping an album soon, y'all, so, so check it out. Yes, um, don't know the name yet. So one thing that I discovered about our differences um, is our sleep patterns. For me, I am one to wake up at the crack of dawn. I get up at 5.30 every morning for work. So on the weekends, if I'm able to sleep in at 7.30, 8 o'clock, great. I'm up. I'm doing my thing. Tanaya, on the other hand, not so much. Tanaya <laughs> is, I'm going to sleep in until I the last possible minute, possible minute that I can get up to make it to work on time. That's Tanaya. Nope. Let me let me finish. Um, but when it comes time to go to sleep, she's not sleepy, so she stays up all night. Whereas in myself, nine thirty, ten o'clock, ten thirty at the latest, I'm like, okay, let's shut it down. Let's go to sleep. Let's try this again tomorrow. Um, so that was a huge difference in us because it would be mornings to where I would want to wake up and tonight let's go get breakfast or you know tonight you know let's sit at the table and let's talk or let's watch tv you don't ever ask me to sit at the table and talk oh like over breakfast different things so and it was like I don't even get a response she's still asleep on the opposite end and I'll let Tanaya elaborate on this 9 30 10 o'clock I'm ready to go to bed so anything that Tanaya wants to do Baby, you better get it in by 9 o'clock, 9.30. You're pushing it with 9 o'clock, 9.30. Because after that, I'm going to be ready to go to sleep. Y'all, let me tell you about Mitchell. So, Mitchell, <clears throat> he can, I can snap my fingers, literally, at 8.30, 9 o'clock, and he is out. Sleep, dozing, snoring, whatever you want to call it. And I'm up by myself, 10 o'clock, 10.30, out, up by myself, like, and it's like, dang, bro, like, can we, can we sit up and talk, can we, can we, you know, vibe out, like, why are you always going, always, always, he is always going to sleep on me, but if it's Call of Duty or 2K on the weekend, he'll be up. I think one time he was up to like midnight, y'all, playing his Xbox. Meanwhile, I'm just what? Yeah, give me that, okay? Like Chris Brown, give me that, okay? So he can sit here and talk trash about me not being a morning person, which I'm not. Anybody that knows me knows that Tanaya is not a morning person. There was a time where I was like grumpy on top of it, but I'm not grumpy anymore. I just like to sleep in, like. If, if I got to be somewhere at 8 o'clock and I set my alarm for 6.45, I'm not getting up until 7.15. Might be 7.30. Like, I, I just can't. I love to sleep. I, I just, I can't. So, mm. Mm. To your Call of Duty and 2K analogy, um, anything, anything that involves me being active, I can stay up. So if we want to play games, you know, I can do that. Um, oh. But but in all honesty, though, that's that's one thing that we really had to learn um, and know that for me, that if I want to talk to Tanaya, it got to be after 11, 30, 12, 1, 2 o'clock or something. Um, and for Tanaya, you know, vice versa, if she wants to do something at night, it got to be before 9, 30. And that's something that we still work on 
today um, and that we're still continuing to work on. Um, tonight, is there anything that, you know, you could think of about our differences that that you may can think of? Um, communication <laughs> is very different. Uh, that all came to a head within the first couple of months that we were married, to be honest. Um, so anybody that knows me, I, I'm a loud talker. Like I, I get excited when I talk. Um, and of course people that know Mitchell family and friends, like Mitchell is very calm and cool. Like we're like opposites to track. Like he balances me out. Like I'm crazy loud and then Mitchell is like chill chill so on the communication tip so I let me just throw this caveat out here if anybody doesn't think that the way that you are raised and the way that your family moves um, doesn't affect you in the long run or it doesn't seep through into other things I am a a living witness that it does um, so on the communication tip, for example, so I am the type of person that I'm very big on. It's not what you say, it's how you say it tones. And it's crazy. <laughs> I can laugh about it now because there will be instances where Mitchell and I would get into like a tussle about something. And my tone was like on a hundred, like loud, like I, A thousand. (laughs) Okay. A thousand. So, and, you know, it was, it gets, it got to the point where Mitchell would like, just stop talking. Like I would be, and he would just be looking at me like, are you done or are you finished? Like this ain't it. So, you know, one night I, I couldn't sleep. Like we had gotten to, gotten into it that bad and I couldn't sleep. And I started praying and I was just like, God, whatever the root of this tone thing, like, where does it come from? Please reveal it to me because I I don't want this to be a foreshadow of how our marriage is going to be going forward. It's me yelling my voice and Mitchell just looking at me like I'm crazy. And prayer works. God revealed it to me. Um, so the tone thing comes from my father. Um, and that is a conversation that he and I actually had Like, I think the next day, like I brought it up to him and I was like, you know, I realized that all those times where I was afraid to talk to you or whatever the case was. And it was because of I didn't know how you were going to react, not what you were going to say, but, you know, how you were going to how you were going to say it. And it made me scared. I didn't I didn't want to talk to you because if anybody knows Charles, like he's loud, like he's blunt. He don't care. And that's fine. But I realized that that took a toll on me and it seeped into my marriage because like I said, when I would, if I would get upset or whatever with Mitchell, like my tone would change in the same way that I didn't like being talked to by my dad. So I just want to say that to say that pay attention to things that carry over from your family. Any, I don't want to call them toxic traits, but any things that you don't like or things that bother you, pay attention to those things because they can seep over into marriage, friendships, work, work relationships, all those things. Like it happens. It's real. So definitely our communication styles um, are different. And now I think I have gotten better. We can let Mitchell answer that question. I mean, I may still have my moments and I slip up, but I'm very self-aware now. So I know, you know, how to talk and maneuver through conversations. 
No, I, I agree. You, you definitely have gotten better. And I don't think it was ever like a huge issue. It was just more so like, okay, like we have to find a better way to communicate. And even for me, like, you know, my communication style was different. Um, I'm probably very passive. Um, I may not say anything or, you know, may not really express how I'm feeling. And Tanaya is like prodding me for information to the fact of where now I'm open and willing to give her, you know, feedback or, you know, talk about the issues that's going on. Um, so tonight, if I've never said thank you, um, I really do appreciate, um, you looking at yourself in the mirror and being able to make those changes. Cause I know that's not always easy. Um, especially when it's something that you grow up with, um, it's something that you're accustomed to. So, um, if I've never did that kudos to you, ma'am. Thank you. Hey, y'all, Tanaya here. Um, Just wanted to take a moment to say if you have any comments, any critiques, or if you have a potential topic or something that you want us to talk about, um, please send it to um, our email, thehargethalftime at gmail.com. If you are not following us on IG, we have created an email. We have linked it in the bio. So you can send us your emails. Thanks. All right. So, um, talking about our differences, transitioning to one thing that we've learned about ourselves and our spouse. I'll start, um, Tanaya. One thing that I've learned about you, um, seeing it every day, is how strong you are in your faith. Um, I think that is huge, um, especially when you have, (laughs) especially when you have a wife um, that that prays for you. Yes, we pray with each other every day, um, but sometimes I can just feel that Tanaya is praying for me. Um, I hope that she feels the same way back. Um, But just seeing her um, communicate with her different friends about spirituality, um, to me, that is just something that I never really got to see because I wasn't with Tanaya every day, um, seeing her being intentional about wanting to find a church home and search out different churches. Um, I had found a church home here. Um, and at one point, um, she thought that maybe that wasn't a church home for her. And that is something that I fully understood and I fully supported um, because I think that it's very important. And we think that it's very important that we're at a church to where um, we can both be nurtured and we can both grow and learn and sit up under a pastor to where we can understand. Um, So that's something that I've seen in the last year. Um, I can say that she's made tremendous strides um, in her faith. um, And that in turn has made me grow um, within my faith. So um, that's one thing that I've learned. And I know that that will continue to grow. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so for me, we're going to bounce us off of each other, I guess. So one thing that I've learned about Mitchell is, it's not that I didn't know it, but it, it became more prevalent once we got married. Um, Mitchell is a family man, like family man, Mitchell, like he's the, what's it? Person, place, or thing. That's a noun, adjective, whatever. (laughs) Mitchell is is next to that, and it's beautiful looking back at it now. But I say that because when we first <clears throat> got married and, you know, I moved up here to Kentucky. So Mitchell's family, his mom, his dad, his sister, his cousin, like, they called all the time. 
like every day, they would call. And it would, for me, I would kind of just be like, okay, like trying to have some time with my husband. Like now we got to take a break because the family's called. And I'm going to be completely honest, you guys, like in the beginning, it bothered me a little bit for whatever reason. I mean, not to say that I didn't talk to my family. I mean, I talked to my mom every day, but it was like, we texted. I'm not, sometimes people that know me, like I don't always always like to talk on the phone. So it was kind of like, eh, we talked, but not on the scale that Mitchell's family talked. So like I said, it got to a point where like it bothered me. And, you know, I had to finally confront, had to finally confront Mitchell about it. And he broke it down for me. You know, like Mitchell moved up here. He's always been a family man. But then, you know, he relocated to Kentucky on his own a year before we got married. So he wasn't he didn't have a support system here like it was just him. So it it took me some time, you know, to really understand that. And now, you know, looking back on it, like, I'm grateful for that because now, like, his family calls, like, we call them, like, we laugh, we talk, we kiki, we do all of that. And it's amazing. And it just lets me know that the family man that I see now with his family and his, you know, friends, like, it's going to be the same way for when we have little baby hearts running around. So that makes me really excited. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting that you say that um, about the family dynamic thing. If you know my family, my parents would tell you that when we were growing up, that if you didn't see all four of us, someone was asking what, where the other person was or whatever the case may be. That's just how we are. We're close knit family. Um, And that is how I, I live. At the end of the day, I think that's the only thing that you have is, is, your your family, if you're close to them or friends that you consider family, whoever that core group is, that's, you know, your support system, your go-to team, your A1s, whatever you want to call them. Those are the people that you go to. And I'm, you know, I'm just blessed to have that relationship with um, my, my friends and my family. And I'm just happy that Tanaya now accepts it and we're able to have those conversations and be on FaceTime with my family and joke and laugh and can't wait to get home and see them. And I feel the same way about, you know, her family. You know, I'm always asking, you know, have you talked to your dad? Have you talked to your mom? Because I look forward to talking to them because when you're up here by yourself um, or in a, in a location by yourself and it's just you and your spouse or you and your girlfriend, a boyfriend, or, you know, you and a roommate, um, things can get tough. And sometimes you do have to rely on family um, to pour into you so that you can pour back out into people. Um, so that's, that's something that I was looking for when I'm at, when I was here. And that's something that I continue to look forward to, um, is my family being able to pour into me so I can pour out, um, into Tanaya and pour into, you know, my career and different things, um, which transitions into what I've learned about myself and which Tanaya has been trying to tell me, for probably the last three years since two and a half years since I've been up here is Mitchell, you work too much. Um, and not in a case of hours, but not taking time for myself to get out of lunch, you know, go on lunch and take a break, um, or just drive around town. And my thought process behind that was, well, you know, I'm saving money. I take my lunch. I can just work in my, work in my office, work in my office and, you know, 
read through emails. And tonight was like, you're still working. That's not um, giving your brain a refresher. Have I taken that advice? I'm still working on it. Um, <laughs> that's just the nature of my job that I work in. I'm super, super busy all the time. Um, but I do understand that I do need time to relax. I do need time to reflect. I do need time to rejuvenate. Um, that also goes back into pouring into others is you have to be able to rejuvenate your body and to rejuvenate your mind um, so that you can be fresh. So that's one thing that I'm working on. Um, I may not leave the office, but, you know, every once in a while I'll go outside and take five minutes and just get some fresh air and just stand outside. Um, so that's one thing that I've learned about myself that tonight has made me more self-aware about. Awesome. I like that one. So for me, um, one thing that I've learned about myself um, is I've become self-aware or more self-aware. I don't really think I was self-aware before, but now, like, when I say self-aware, I mean, for example, um, back, wow, probably some years ago, like, I, I can admit to this because, I mean, it's true. I used to be like a a judgmental person. So you would never know, like, that I would judge you but you're so petty you'll never know that I was judgmental but I used to judge people that's petty it is petty and it's it's not I'm not proud of it but you know I I did it in my head like I would think things or like my facial expression would give something away or what have you so that was something that I did like clockwork was just if I met somebody for the first time and something about them or something that they said, like I instantly my the wheels in my head would be turning. So I in this last year of, you know, marriage and being up here and trying to get stronger in my faith, I I realized like, wow, tonight, like you really you really were that way. I mean, every now and then I'll I'll catch myself now. And that's what I mean by when I say I've become more self-aware. So if I feel myself about to judge somebody or something, I'm like, wait a minute, check yourself. This this isn't it. Like, you know, the Bible says not to cast the first stone and that's what you're doing. So I I've gotten to a point now, to a point now where I can catch myself before um, something gets too far, something is way out of where I can't control it. Um, so I definitely, uh, am appreciative of becoming more self-aware, not just with that. Like there are other things that I'm, you know, self-aware of and I am becoming more self-aware of it's taken time, but I truly appreciate that. And I'm so grateful that God is taking me through this to be able to catch those toxic traits and those negative things so I can catch them and, you know, push them out of the way so that they don't take hold of my life. That's good. That's good right there. Um, so that's a wrap. Um, episode one is in the books. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you. Um, if you, if you tune into this podcast because someone shared it and you're not following our Twitter page or our Instagram page, Instagram. please follow us at the Hargit Halftime? Yes. Um, We're not on Twitter, y'all. Not yet. <laughs> um, but be safe. Um, take care of yourselves. Wear your mask. The country is opening back up. That does not mean that you have to go out. 
use your best judgment um, and just do what you feel is right. Don't feel pressured to go out. You don't. You can turn up in your house. We want y'all all all to stay safe. Um, So, yeah, again, thanks for tuning in, and we will see y'all next week. Bye.